Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Well, hello and welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. You know, we're in the third week of the new year, so let's talk about resolutions and how many of your well-intended resolutions have you already broken? You're right, it's none of my business and I won't ask you again. But just because we're well past January 1st doesn't mean you can't make new resolutions today or, for that matter, any day of the year. In fact, this very day or any day can be your new beginning. And if, like me and almost everyone else, all of your New Year's resolutions were positive actions on your part, like I'm going to drop 15 pounds, I'm going to quit smoking or some other bad habit, and make at least three new friends over the next six months, or pursue that hobby or recreational activity you've always wanted to try. But here's a surprise. Today's guest, Jennifer Cochran, suggests a highly different type of resolution. She tells us to start the new year by resolving to say no more often. And let's admit (laughs) it, most of us often feel like we have to say yes to do things we don't really want to do, or to assume obligations we're uncomfortable accepting or aren't very good at. But after all, we don't want to offend family members, in-laws, or close friends, or even that kind but persuasive lady or gentleman on the phone asking us to contribute your time or money to a good cause. And sadly, it's so easy to start feeling angry and resentful when we continually accept obligations that we don't feel good about, not to mention the stress that surely builds up when we are stuck with too much to do and not enough time to do it. And Jennifer Cochran is here to discuss setting of worthwhile boundaries, what they are, how to create them, and how to keep them in place without severing or straining relationships with those folks who matter the most. And here's Jennifer Cochran's biography. She's a writer, seasoned counselor, and trained energy healer. She's worked with hundreds of clients to promote personal growth, healthier relationship skills, and belief in self. And she's author of the acclaimed 2017 book, Alignment, Move from Internal Chaos to Clarity. That sounds like a good tactic. And she resides (laughs) on a ranch in Homedale, Idaho, with her partner, Malcolm, and their many animal friends. And hello, Jennifer, and welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Hi, Roy. It's great to be here. Thanks for asking me on the show. Well, as a seasoned personal counselor who has worked with hundreds of clients, can you begin by telling us what personal boundaries are and how a listener who says yes too often can go about creating them? Yes, I can. So personal boundaries are... Uh, they're like a filter. So we we only get to being able to set a boundary when we know how we feel about something or what we're thinking about something. The boundary doesn't show up on its own. It's part of the bigger system. So if I'm somebody asks me a question 
And immediately I think, oh, no, I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> and then I have a feeling that kicks in that says, oh, you know, maybe that's going to maybe that's going to make me feel guilty. Ooh. Okay, now I'm having a conflict within myself. <laughs> Sound familiar? <laughs> yeah, sure does. So, so the boundary, like I say, it it doesn't come out on its own. So nice. other people might be able to tell, "Oh, you're not setting healthy boundaries." And yet most people are not sure exactly how to how to get there. You know, like they don't have a an understanding of how the system works, which is which is really what the book is about. Yeah. Um, my book alignment was was from my own experiences of, of feeling that internal conflict, and yeah. and how the heck do I get out of this, <laughs> and feel you know be be honest with myself and trust that it it is important for me to say no when I immediately think the word no in my head. <laughs> so many times I'm when I'm asked do something I don't want to do, the immediate thought that comes to mind is, how do I get out of this? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and there are some people, that is that is their knee-jerk reaction is to say no. Yeah. Lots of my clients have identified that in themselves, that they will always say no first. Huh. And that's just a, it's like a default state. Yeah. Okay. But not everybody's like that. There are lots of people who will say yes without even thinking. They want yeah, I, to be they want to be helpful and pleasing and make the other person happy, right, by saying yes. Then the other part kicks in. Like, oh no, what have I just done? Yeah, <laughs> I get myself into this. <laughs> yeah. And how do I get out? Yeah. Well, you so tell one us of the things no in itself is not a bad word. It's like um, what was the road sign you compare that to? <laughs> stop sign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A stop sign. Yeah. So, so the, you know, we don't we don't question. Well, some people don't, you know, value stop signs, but yeah. but the point of it is to remind us there may be other people coming towards us, so we need to stop and look. Yeah. That's right. So yeah. one of the things about about feeling more confident in saying no is to give yourself some time, right? Give yourself yeah, a nice. moment to stop and think wait a minute, I'm being asked a question here. Let me run that through my filter yeah. so that I can give an honest answer, you know, and, and maybe it's just no today. Yeah. Maybe if I could do it next week, then that would work. Yeah, is it okay to um, ask somebody to call back or you can get back to them in a certain period of Absolutely. time? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> yes, I want to I give a little, a quick little example, which actually is not in the book, but... Yeah. popped into my mind as we're talking. Yeah. So when I was looking for a car years ago, yeah. you know when you go to a car lot and all these car salespeople are coming at you because they <laughs> live, you know, from selling cars and yeah. they need you to say yes. <laughs> and they want you to say yes immediately. <laughs> like don't walk away without a yes. Yeah, so what I learned to do today, this price I'm It's only good today. today. <laughs> exactly. So what I learned to do was go to the car dealership, and as soon as someone walked towards me and said, hey, I'm so-and-so, I'd like to sell you a car, you know, and I would say, I am not prepared to make a decision today. Yeah, today, I am just here looking at my options. Yeah. And I may have to say that, you know, several more times as they're showing me cars. <laughs> <laughs> you probably will. <laughs> yeah, because they're going to try to talk me out of that. Yeah. 
yeah. right? For their own personal reasons, like they want a you know a check. Although um, a real professional salesman would, uh, or salesperson, I should say, you don't want to sound sexist, would uh, re- uh, accept what you said and would uh, be very helpful in uh, showing you your options. I think, but uh, yes. Which is which is why I I use one particular car dealership in my area, yeah. because they've been really respectful of the boundaries that I set when I go in there. Yeah, because I'll go back and buy a car there if I feel respected, and yeah. and you know served well, like you said. A good salesperson will will want to get me as an ongoing client, not just a one time thing. Well, can you please give us an example of a boundary that a typical socially oriented person of middle age may want to set for themselves? What's an appropriate boundary that uh, we might uh, Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, a broad so many. Okay, so we talked a little bit about boundaries around time. Yeah. Right, so some people um, like to do lots of things like in the first part of the day yeah. up until about noon. Okay, yeah. that's like their best energy. Yeah. So maybe in the afternoon, not so much. That's kind of like their nap time. That's when they want to have downtime. Okay. So learning, again, it comes back to knowing yourself. Okay. So the boundary would be, hey, I would love to help you out if we can do it in the morning hours. But once I get to 2 o'clock, I'm not really much help. (laughs) You know we're getting right? there soon today. So I'm <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so knowing yourself, so you're not being mean, you know, you're not being yeah, you're not no. being unthoughtful or cruel. You're just saying this is this is who I am, this is what I can do and this is what I can't do. Yeah. So maybe it's around time. Maybe it's around um oh, I don't know how many people you can stand to be around. You know, yeah. like sometimes people are more introverted than extroverted. Yeah. So if they get invited to uh, a big event with, you know, 80 people, yeah. they might decline and say, oh, no, that's that's way too many people for me. But if you're going to have a party with like six people, I would love to go to that. Yeah, yeah that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, from your experience, are you women more likely than us men to say yes to requests or invitation? I know in general you ladies are considered more socially oriented and more likely to seek out and build relationships. So is overcommitment mm. more a female problem or both sexes? <laughs> I, I have to say it. I think it happens equally to men oh. and women, oh. I think for different reasons. So women are taught as little girls that we're supposed to be nice. Yeah. Okay, so we are taught that from the very beginning. Yeah. Oh, now be nice. Right? Remember the little the little rhyme about girls or sugar and spice and everything nice? Yeah. yeah. So so then the message is saying no isn't nice. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of times women get caught in that. Um men don't seem to like to say no because I'm not sure exactly why that is. Because they're supposed to be involved and active and engaged. Not not like how women do relationships, but like the fixers and the go-getters, yeah, you know, the problem true. solvers. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's true. So so we men have so, that problem as well, I guess. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Men men have boundary issues just as often in my practice as women. Yeah. 
Well, here's here's a mm-hmm. tough one. Let's say that you've set personal boundaries and you're committed to keeping them in place, and your closest friend drops by to ask you to join her in organizing a fundraising event for an excellent cause. Let's say Shriners Hospitals for Children. I know we give money to that every once in a while, and that's a wonderful uh-huh. cause. You're more than happy to contribute money, but you're not comfortable with, nor do you have the time for organizing an event. And the last thing you want to do is harm your relationship with your best friend. If that mm. were your client, how would you advise that individual to respond to the friend's request? Well, I'll tell you what, Roy. The way you just described that was beautiful. You you took the boundary and you divided it up. I would be really happy to help with this part of it, but not this part because I just simply don't have the time to commit. Oh, okay. Right? Then you said the other part, which is I'm actually really concerned that my saying no might harm our friendship, and that would just be devastating to me. Oh, I hope one. that that is not the case. Yeah. Right? That right out into the open then. And, uh... See, because I really think people know, right? People know what they're thinking and what they're feeling. The problem is they don't usually say it. Yeah, that's They don't say what's really going on. You're very concerned with uh, maintaining the relationship and that your rejection is not a rejection of the person, but of that particular request. Right. I love the way you do that. Yeah. So that that's actually called reflective listening is what that is. And and I'm I'm on this big push now to teach all of my clients how to do reflective listening because oh. it is the magic of communication. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz people are telling you what, you know, who they are and what they think and what they feel every time they're talking to you. Yeah. Or even the nonverbal communication, you know, just their yeah. actions. They're telling yeah. you everything. You just have to learn to to see it and hear it and then say it back. Well, let's say that you have boundaries in place, but you also want to continue to contribute a reasonable amount of time and energy volunteering for worthy causes and helping friends and neighbors out, you know, being sociable. Any suggestion on how best to uh, pick and choose which obligations to accept? I mean, it's it's fairly obvious how you do that, but why don't you (laughs) give us a... Well, I I was actually just told about a book uh, just yesterday by a client um, called uh, "Had to Do with uh, the Magic of Tidying Your Your Home" or something, and and it was it was what sparks joy. Yeah. Okay. So identifying and and there's a gal named Mary Morrissey that that uh, runs a, an organization about building your dreams, and she says, "What would you love?" That's what that's like her her foundational question. What would you love? Like why would you do anything that doesn't bring you a sense of joy or accomplishment or confidence or right? I mean yeah. we, we want to build ourselves up and we want to build other people up. And also what and, are you really good at and where do you really add value? <laughs> you know, like right. Ask me to right. join Habitat for Humanity and help build houses. I'm a terrible carpenter, and so I wouldn't be very – I might give them money. I do give them money to that cause, but I certainly wouldn't volunteer as a carpenter. Okay, because that doesn't not, bring you joy, <laughs> the idea of going to, and working on a house. speaking, mm-hmm. so I would be more than happy to uh, you know, get up in front of some people and uh, promote a cause or something. So to, There you yeah. go. See? So, again, we're back to knowing yourself, right? 
What yeah. brings me joy? What am I good at? What are my strengths? Yeah. And they're really there. There's enough to go around, right? Like there's no shortage no. of different characteristics and different strengths. We just have to know what they are. Yeah. So we can kind of promote ourselves right out into the yeah. world. Well, if we may, I'd like to move on to the broader subject that you're an expert on. In fact, you've written a book on it, and that's alignment. And in your mm-hmm. book, you cite a study that concluded that all of the world's great leaders were in alignment, which I thought was fascinating. But to begin, what are the four aspects of our human condition that need to be aligned for us to feel positive and comfortable in our ability to function and uh, interact with others in the moment. What are those four aspects? That need, those we need? four aspects. <laughs> the things we all have are thoughts, our words, our feelings, and our actions. Yeah. And in any given situation, if you can identify how to line those up so that they match, you're you're good to go. Yeah. But it may not happen in a minute. It sometimes it takes me weeks to get aligned on something. Oh, wow. Because it's very difficult. (laughs) Well, you cite several signs that warn us that our lives are out of alignment. Can you give us a few of these signs? I know Mm. they're at home to me. but Yeah, I I mean, disease shows up. So so when I think of disease, I think of dis-ease, you know, if we divide the word up. Um, So a a sense of feeling off, you know, like you just... It's that internal, maybe you don't even know it's internal conflict at the time. You just don't feel good. Yeah, that's Um, that's a good one. Yeah. But disease actually, like medical disease, actually shows up much later than the more subtle signs of just not feeling right. Yeah, that's so. Or unhappy, right? Eventually, if you feel unhappy enough, you'll probably have some kind of disease that comes along. Raise a very good point of the tendency to blame others or. uh, something beyond your control for everything that's wrong in your life rather than taking yeah. personal responsibility. <laughs> well, and it and it can feel that way. It can seem like it's coming from outside of you, you know, that it must be somebody else's fault. Yeah, it must be yeah. the government. It must be my parents. <laughs> it must be, you know, the traffic. But really, we're having the experience within ourselves. Yeah. We're having the thoughts. We're having the feelings. And, and then when and, you're angry and resentful of all the time of all you have to do, and there again, that goes mm-hmm. back to not having those boundaries in place. Exactly. <laughs> I know. You see how it all goes together? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you suggest we go yeah. to counselors for advice, but in the end, you tell us that alignment is an inside job. And what do you mean mm-hmm. by that? And if it's true, what's the best way for a listener to self-start the alignment task? How do we get mm. an alignment? Other than reading your well, book, I'm, I'm 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 still figuring that out. You know, I, I haven't I haven't completely. You know, maybe the last day of my life, with my last breath, I'll have the perfect answer. Um, but because I'm still in this life and I'm still human, I'm figuring it out too. Yeah. I think that the the best way is to start paying attention to what you think. Yeah. Start paying attention to the words that come out of your mouth, and pay attention to your feelings. Yeah. Right. And then I think most people are fairly familiar with their actions. That one's that one's pretty, nah, it's not good for everybody, but a lot of people are, are pretty clear about how they how they behave. Yeah. That's... Um, and what a counselor does is, is really just reflect those things back to you. 
to make them, to help you become more aware of what you're already doing. Once you know what you're doing, you can decide, do I like this? Is this working for me? And if it's not, then you start making changes. So, you know, not that that's an easy thing, but but it's a choice, right? Once you make the choice, it's not it's not all that. It's not certainly not impossible. Yeah, well, in your book, you tell us it's more than okay to seek spiritual guidance, but we must never forget our humanity. And since all of us humans have so many faults, and we all too often think and behave in a manner not in our own best interest, uh, why do we uh, want to seek and uh, seeking to align our lives on a higher plane? Why in the world do we keep in mind our foibles as human beings? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I I just, I really do, I I do deeply believe that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And different people find different ways to tap into their own spirituality, whether it be religion, um, art, uh, nature, and there's lots of ways to do that. Um, But otherwise, it's really lonely. And yes, it's an inside job, but we're part of a bigger system. So rather than trying to be part of the bigger system first and then getting to know yourself, you know, how about we flip it around? (laughs) Work on getting to know who we are, and then we bring ourselves to the system. Yeah, that makes sense. Just a a different way of of looking at it. And then, you know, we're a little more in charge. So so rather than being a world leader, you know, we can be a a leader of ourselves. (laughs) It starts with ourselves, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, it takes courage to stop faking it and uncover your core values and then start being true to yourself. And from your book, you give us some tools we can employ to become a fully engaged and aligned human being. Can you give us a few of these tools? That, uh, I know you mentioned several of them in the book. Hmm. Well, nothing's nothing's popping into mind again. What was the what was the the beginning of your question because it just went in and well, went back the out. Well, tools that we can use. I know you mentioned mindfulness and meditation and journaling. Ah, those, um, yes. Those. Okay. So, so anything, anything that helps you know yourself better. So, some people really like to journal because they'll write something that maybe they wouldn't say out loud. Yeah, it kind of gives you permission to get your thoughts out, right? Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, I, I tend to get more tuned into my thoughts and feelings when I'm out taking a walk in nature. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure why that is, but that's what happens. I, I become like much I more really, tuned in. Really mm-hmm. get my thinking clarified when I'm out for a walk. It's harder to do right. this time of year. But. Yeah, but, but it's still, it, you know, you, again, learning learning what works for you. So you may have to try a couple of different things. Um, my son is a snowboarder, and he says that he gets so much from just being up on the mountain and snowboarding. Wow. So, yeah, I would just be worried about, you know, crashing. But he's so good at it that he doesn't have to worry about crashing. So <laughs> That's pretty outstanding <laughs> that you can be so into it that you don't worry about breaking your neck. <laughs> Right, exactly. And then there's things like yoga and massage, uh, you know, ways that are we're we're paying attention to our breath, we're paying attention to the muscles in our body. Um, all of those things, uh, they're they're forms of mindfulness. I yeah. think each one yeah. of them is. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, to sum up our discussion from the preface of your book, Alignment, please give us the three ABC foundations of a balanced life. I like that ABC that you uh, <laughs> there. <laughs> All right. I do, too. I wanted to name the book The ABCs of Alignment, but then somebody else named their book The ABCs of Success, so I yeah. decided not to. Um, so the A, out there. <laughs> I know. The A is for accountability. Yeah. So first, and that it really is the A. It's, it's what we're going to build on, right? Yeah. What is actually mine to deal yeah. with? Yeah. Okay? So then the B says once I once I know what's mine to deal with, what kinds of boundaries do I need to set? So the B is for boundaries. Yeah. So I've done those first two parts. Then the C is for communication. So I'm not even going to communicate until I know whether it's mine, I know what the boundaries are, then I'm gonna speak. But then you And have yes, to of course it goes faster than that. Know what those boundaries are and what your intention is. Yes. Exactly. Well, exactly. That's great. Let's talk about mm-hmm. a bit about your acclaimed 2017 book, Alignment. You were a successful uh, certified professional counselor and an energy healer for many years. What inspired you to take time out to write your book? <laughs> well, it, there's always a story, right? Yeah. So I went to, I went to uh, a coach, a gal that I knew in town that was doing uh, executive coaching. Oh, I and see. I wanted... I wanted her to hold me accountable to to get my ideas down on paper because oh. I had never written anything formal. I had yeah. I had done some little bit for like a maybe a magazine article or something. Yeah. But this was this was different. So I went to her, I started telling her some of my ideas and my stories, and she said, You absolutely have to write this. Oh. And I said, Well, I'm not an author. She said, Yes, you are an author, you just don't know it yet. <laughs> so that that really motivated me, having someone else recognize that in me and then to meet with her every week where she would hold me accountable. Oh, that's great. And say, what did you do this week? Yeah, yeah. that's great. Well, um, mm-hmm. if you had one goal for a reader to take away from your book, what, what would you want a reader to take away from it? Hmm. The importance of getting to know yourself. Yeah. And yeah, learning to respect that self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so important that, that you can do all, attempt to do all kinds of things for others, but until you know yourself and uh, really love yourself as a person and what you're capable of doing, you're really not going to help other people that much. I think it all sort of goes together, doesn't it? But uh, well, yes, where's it the does. best place for our readers to go to preview and purchase your book? Uh, my book alignment is available on Amazon.com, and it's also available through BarnesandNoble.com. Oh, I see. Yeah, I found it there. But uh, well, I know you uh, from the internet. You also have an active practice as a therapist in the, the Boise, Idaho area. But do you accept clients by phone or over the internet, or do we have to travel to Boise to uh, get counseling? How does that work? <laughs> well, that is part of my that is part of my 2019 plan. Oh. Um, I am I am putting together an online workshop that will allow people Great. to work with me from a distance. Uh, because no, not everybody's going to come to Boise, Idaho. I realize that. So <laughs> I've got to I've got to expand my reach uh, out into the world. Since you know, until other people learn the alignment model, I guess. Yeah. 
Well, that's great. So uh, will you keep uh, – where, where is a website we can go to to keep in touch and find out about that workshop when it's, when it's ready? JenniferCochran.com, and it's spelled J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-C-O-C-H-E-R-N. Your brain will tell you that E-R-N is wrong, but it isn't. (laughs) (laughs) That was my first thought. Mine too, the first time I saw it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that can't be right. No, it is. So and and if you can't find if you can't find my name spelled properly, you can pull up the book on Amazon and then you'll see it written, and yeah. you can go from there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, yeah. in conclusion, my guest Jennifer Cocker not only writes and counsels about personal alignment, uh, she also demonstrates how it can be done because she recently aligned her life by moving from the city out into the country where she raises farm animals, grows fields of hay, and gardens to her heart's content with her partner and best friend Malcolm. And at the same time, she hasn't abandoned her life's work as a counselor and healer. And only a year ago last July, she released her inspiring book, Alignment, and I'm certainly you'll agree from listening to her uh, that Jennifer's life today is full of joy, purpose, and a favorable outlook on today and tomorrow. And if so many of at middle age, are, uh, if like so many at middle age, you're frustrated with where you are today, suffer from frequent bouts of anger and resentment, or are fearful of the future, it may simply be that you're out of alignment with that wonderful, unique, one-of-a-kind person you were created to be, and maybe you don't even know that person. And I'm also, uh, no, I'm certain that Jennifer would agree we don't all need to move to the farm to capture the inner essence and to assume full responsibility for aligning our thoughts, feelings, communication, and behavior with our core beliefs. And here's a couple of great resolutions for 2019. Resolution number one, less yes and more no to demands on your time, resources, and energy, and dig yourself out from the stress and debilitating drain of trying to undertake everything others want you to be and do. And resolution number two, purchase Jennifer Cochran's great little book, Alignment, as you as your roadmap to a joyful yet productive life including those ABCs, accountability, boundaries, and communication. And thanks a million, Jennifer Cochran, for joining us today. Happy New Year and continued success with your book, your counseling, and living and loving every minute with your animals and your partner on the farm. (laughs) Thank you so much, Roy. Well, Jennifer Cochran's uh, thoughts make a ton of sense to me. Align your life and be ready to say no more often so you can enjoy a relaxed, in-balanced life that we all deserve and all crave. But before we go, I'd like to address one more aspect of potential overload, and that's 24-7 connectivity. You know, this may be more of a problem for our kids than for us. They're the ones that we always see lugging the uh, smartphones or the iPads around, but we must never permit technology to master us. With laptops, cell phones, electronic messaging, convenient email access at airports, hotel rooms, coffee shops, even taverns, you and I need never be out of touch with electronic access. But shouldn't we want to be? (laughs) 
you know, the original purpose of technology was to enable us to accomplish more work in less time, thereby freeing us up for worthwhile social, leisure, and community activities. But unfortunately for millions of us, the result has been precisely the opposite. Are you one of those overly dedicated employees or perhaps volunteers who totes a laptop or iPad along on vacation, brings your smartphone to dinner parties, and lugs workload home to your personal computer every evening? Does this hectic lifestyle truly bring you satisfaction? Does it make you more productive? Are you neglecting your spouse, your children, and yourself? Whatever happened to those special family weekends and your cherished uninterrupted two- or three-week annual vacations with no connection to the boss or the office? You know, simply because modern technology and the cloud (laughs) connectivity uh, makes it possible to uh, be in touch 24 hours a day, seven days a week, does not mean that you are obligated to do that and to work all these hours. You must not feel guilty about shutting off your smartphone or home computer this evening. Can you make it through next weekend without going online once to check your email? When you and your spouse go out to dinner and a movie next Saturday evening, can you please leave your smartphone at home? Now, please note, I'm not talking strictly about work-related online projects. Too many of us spend long hours tracking or trading stocks, making uh, blogging or making comments about uh, what's going on in politics, banking from home, shopping on the Internet, uh, or organizing personal finances. Do you really prefer punching the keyboard over conversing with your spouse, going out to dinner with the family, skiing down a mountain slope? Boy, that sounds pleasant, doesn't it? or sitting down with a good book, it may even be a Kindle book, then you uh, can be sort of online. Have you forgotten how to relax? Are you getting enough exercise? How well do you really know your children? You know, staring for hours at a home computer screen can become addictive, as we all know, and that actually drains energy and increases tension. You may only believe that you are accomplishing more. Over time, you undoubtedly will reach the point of diminishing returns. Please don't neglect exercise. Maybe just a simple walk in the woods, recreation, or good old-fashioned face-to-face conversation with good friends. Even board games. Those are a nice uh, switch from being on the computer. And how about this highly sensible rule? No smartphones or iPads at the dinner table. And that includes you as well as the kids. Try this experiment. How about shutting down your home Internet access three or four hours every evening? You may uh, rediscover just how relaxing yet reinvigorating it can be to just get along and talk with the family, get reacquainted with what your spouse and kids are up to. Or how about going out this spring for some miniature golf or a baseball game? Heck, you may be able uh, to go out for some outdoor entertainment now right away if you live in the South. 
And also there are some indoor uh, activities you can go to as well that uh, are good exercise. And here's a switch. You might even enjoy family time together watching a TV show, that old family evil device that used to be accused of taking us away from the family. <laughs> now it, it might be something you could do together. Now don't get me wrong, the Internet is great. I wouldn't be talking to you now if, if it weren't for the wonder of podcasts. All I'm suggesting is that you don't become a slave to connectivity. Although our kids are grown and gone, my wife, Gloria, and I still have wonderful times together, just the two of us, sitting around the fire listening to music on the record player. Remember those? Or the old vinyl? Well, they are sort of coming back, aren't they? Or just talking about what's going on with ourselves and with the world around us. We also have a great time several uh, days a week going out to lunch or dinner or to the local mall and leaving the smartphone at home. We always do that. Well, that's our program for today. Tune in next week when we'll talk about your most significant, important resolution that you can make this beginning of this new year, and that's reclaiming self-love. There's no, it's so important that you love yourself before you can really love anyone else. That's it for today on Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 